All right. Y'all have your Bibles today? All right. Grab them if you would. Turn once again to 1 Samuel 17. For the last few weeks, we have been sharing a series of messages based on the story of David and Goliath. And uh, we're going to continue that series today. And um, I felt that with it being Thanksgiving week, uh, we would uh, come up with a title that would really capture uh, the spirit of the age, the, the spirit of, of the season, if you will. And so I've chosen this title, uh, Off uh, With His Head. Uh, so that, that was a joke. Uh, yeah, but that, that is the title, but has nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Um, Off With His Head, yeah. Uh, that's unique. Uh, it's a unique title, isn't it? Uh, we, we are going to now. We, we've been kind of camping out at the beginning, in the middle stages of the uh, David and Goliath story. Uh, now we're going to fast forward a little bit, and we're going to go to where the battle took place and some interesting measures that David took in finishing this battle. And uh, when we read the scripture, I think you'll see where I get my title here today. And um, believe it or not, uh, there's a challenge to be found in this part of the story that I really want to leave with you here this morning, okay? So if you're able to, will you stand with me in honor of God's word as we read this together? If you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen because all my scriptures, uh, Lord willing, will be up there as well. So let's start in verse 45, and we'll go to verse 58. You all ready? Okay. Verse 45 says, David said to the Philistine, that's Goliath, by the way. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. And as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. Now it gets interesting. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. And then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the end of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along Sherim, down uh, the road to Gath and to Ekron. And when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. 
Now, David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. And as Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? And Abner replied, as surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. And the king said, find out whose son this young man is. And as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with King David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. And David said, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. Lord, I pray that you uh, would once again take your word, which is so powerful, and God, that you would use it to speak to every one of us here in person and those watching online. And God, do a great work, I ask you. Well, thank you for what you do. We pray now that our ears would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit's leading. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. This is quite a story. <laughs> this is quite a story, isn't it? I mean, again, we've, we've grown up hearing the story of David and Goliath, uh, but some of us forget that uh, there was a little bit of a trophy that uh, David took with him. He took Goliath's head off. And uh, you're saying, well, Pastor, what are you, you going to teach us from that? I, let me show you. See, because the, and, and we've talked about a lot of different kinds of giants, haven't we? we, we we've talked about some of the difficulties we face and the crises that we face, and, and, and we, we've called those giants and, and, and big things that we need to deal with and get over in our lives. And that is true. But today, I want to focus on a particular kind of giant. I want to focus on the giants that keep us from God's absolute best in our lives. Those things that get in the way of us getting as close to Jesus as possible. And those giants can vary from person to person in this place. In fact, there's a number of types of of giants that I'm referring to here today. Uh, for example, let me show you these types of giants. Uh, there's a giant of sin. Okay? There's a giant of sin. Uh, sin will forever keep you from enjoying God's best in your life. Sin will always keep you from the will of God. Can you say amen to that? And so for some of us in here, we, we give in to temptation and we give in to, to, to temptation and, and we sin, and that creates that distance from God that we've talked about in the past. Some of us, we just make some really bad choices. Really bad choices. And we, we, we make decisions, and maybe we'll blame it on how we've been raised. We'll blame it on our upbringing. Well, I've got this temper because I'm, I'm German, and because I'm, I'm Scottish, and whatever, and... and and my family, half was German, half was Scottish. And so, there you go. And, and so that means I could just let it fly, right? No, it's not true. Um, we blame it on how we were raised. And, and, and what happens is that we, we tend to 
make the <laughs> it is going well in the nursery today. My goodness. Kyle's spirit is still here. Um, so looks like the crew's coming with their hazmat suits and their duct tape. I think we're gonna be good. All right. But bad choices. We constantly make bad choices and they become giants in our lives because we keep giving in to all these things. How about toxic relationships? Mm. I had a person in, in a jail call me this week and she told me she was in there because of a very, very bad incident with her boyfriend. And I said, I think you need to distance yourself from that boyfriend. Uh, because that's trouble. For some of us, our biggest giant are these relationships that control us more than the Lord does. Maybe some harmful habits have become a giant. Perhaps uh, addiction has gotten a hold of you in one way, shape, or form. Perhaps um, you... uh, perhaps you have grown accustomed to kind of conditioning this sin, for example, that you've actually no longer named it a sin, but you've called it a, a hang-up or a habit. And, and, and we, what, do we, what do we do? We, we, we take sinful choices, okay, sinful lifestyles, and we put a bow on it, and we say, well, that, that's, you know, I, I'm dealing with this. You know, this is my issue. And, and we need to understand that the more pretty bows we put on that, instead of calling it for what it is, it becomes a bigger giant in our lives. And all of these things here, sin, bad choices, toxic relationships, harmful habits, all of these things will keep us from God's best. They are giants, unless we deal with them properly. So the question is, what comes with a true victory over these kinds of giants? What do we do? What do we do? I, I, I appreciate that David slung a stone and killed a nine-foot-nine fighting machine. But... David kind of took it a next step. And that's where I say, off with his head. That giant of sin, that harmful habit, that toxic relationship. I'm not saying cut off the head of the person that you have a toxic relationship with, okay? That would go in the bad choices department there, okay? Pastor said, I can kill you. So, (laughs) what? Guess what happens when you sleep? Um, so we do this God's way. But what comes with defeating these giants? Let me show you. Number one, I've chosen the word removal. You just got to remove some of this stuff from your life. See, look again at verse 51. Okay, verse 51, David ran, stood over him. This is after now he has got him in the forehead with the stone. 
and the giant, this nine foot nine fighting machine, is on the ground. So David, the little shepherd, comes to him, just a teenager, comes to him, takes the giant's sword, okay? And look what he does. He took all the Philistine sword, drew it from a sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. How many know that you have made a permanent choice when you cut the head off of a giant? There's no turning back. There's no gorilla glue that's going to put that neck back on the body. It's not going to happen. And that's precisely why David did it. When I was a kid, I watched the, and and please please don't get mad at me, I I watched the first Terminator movie with Arnold, okay? Incredible actor. And, um, and, uh, but the final scene, the final scene, okay? Uh, Sarah Connor. She, she's one of the heroes and, and the other guy, I don't know. But they're constantly taking it to the Terminator cyborg. And, and, and he dies, except he wouldn't die. He'd come back to life. And then they like blew up his legs. It's like, okay, he's done. Then he wakes up again and he crawls back to try to kill him. It's just like there was nothing they could do other than blowing this robot to bits that was trying to destroy the world to get that robot, that enemy, from stopping with its attack. And see, here's the deal. That's the way sin is. It's like a Terminator. It will, it will keep on coming if there's a chance if there's a chance, any of these things that we, we talked about just a little bit ago, any of these giants that we mentioned, if there is a chance that it could somehow come back and attack you, it will. If you are not, listen, if you are not ruthless with sin, then sin will be ruthless with you. You cannot manage sin. You cannot say, well, I'll, just, I'll, you know, I'll take care of it. You can't. You can't. You are not strong enough to do that unless Jesus enters in. You need the Holy Spirit to defeat the giant. And so many of us, so many of us have relied on our willpower. We've we've relied on our dazzling charm and our charismatic personality. And we think that that's going to carry us. And it's not... You've got to rely on the strength that the, that the Lord gives you. But listen to me. Goliath made, or I'm sorry, David made sure that Goliath was dead. How did he do it? He cut off his head. That's drastic. That's drastic. Do you want to, do you want to defeat these giants that we're talking about today? You got to take some drastic measures. You got to cut the head off that thing. You 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 got to deal with that ruthlessly. Can I give you some examples? <laughs> if if you have a problem with alcohol, 
Okay, what in the world are you keeping it in your house for? Pour it down the drain. I paid money for that. You know what that tells me? That tells me the price of booze is more valuable to you than your soul. So if that's going to keep you from God, get rid of it. Uh, 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 or, or even drugs, okay? If you're watching here or you're in here and, and you've got an issue with some kind of drug, prescription, illegal, whatever the case might be, don't. You, you, you've got to cut the head off that thing. That dealer, you, you don't go there anymore. Your source of all that, you, you, can't, you can't go there anymore. But let, let's take it off the whole alcohol and, and, and drug thing, okay? Because, uh, you know, a lot of people, we check that box and we think, okay, I'm okay, Whew, I'm okay, I'm okay, uh, okay, I'm okay. But, but let me tell you that, that there are people that have never touched a drop of alcohol and have never taken a drug that could have just as big of a giant in their lives than those. See, because some of us, if we would just quit making ourselves vulnerable to toxic people, we would be so much happier. There are people, there are people online, I don't know who they're dating because it changed. you change boyfriends and girlfriends more than you change socks. And those relationships fall apart. Oh, I'm hurt, I better find another one. Oh, I'm hurt, I better find another one. And you're trying to find your identity in, in some other person. You gotta cut you gotta cut the head off, not your boyfriend. You gotta cut the head off. Oh, there's some boyfriends that never mind. Uh, but you gotta you gotta cut the head off of that whole mindset. Listen, if you're a child of God, if you are a child of God, then the most significant person in your life has to be Jesus Christ. And he will take care of the rest. Are you hearing me today? You mean I got to break up with the person that, that, that hurts me and beats me? Yeah. 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 Because that's not God's will for you. Maybe when you go to a particular store and that cashier who's really cute and she gives you extra attention and all of a sudden the wheels are turning. It's like, whoa. And you're married, but you're even given thought to doing some things you have no business doing. It might be time for you to go shopping at another store, another gas station. You might need to change your route to where, oh, pastor, this, that, this is so drastic. This is ridiculous. Cutting off a head, that's drastic. But I guarantee you, Goliath never fought again. you got to do drastic things to enjoy God's best. you got to cut the head off that giant. David didn't say, oh no, I hope you're okay. I'm sorry. Can we start over, Goliath? I think we got off the wrong foot. Now he killed that thing. you got to cut off the head. you got to remove those things from your life. Is this too tough for you? Is this too tough for you? It can be so subtle. 
You may be addicted to the internet. You might be addicted to your phone. Seriously, if you lost, some of you, if you lost your phone, you, you would get the shakes. Like a heroin addict not getting a, not getting a hit. You would. You would. If you go out to eat today, look at the restaurant. Look at the restaurant. Look how many families are enjoying quality family time while looking at their phones. It's so good to be with you. So maybe God needs to do some things in your life today. He might need to remove some mindsets or just remove things altogether. Are you hearing me today? We got to cut the head off of our giants and never deal with them again. Cut the head off your giant and never deal with that giant again. Number two. Not only was there quite a removal in this story, but there was quite a reward in this story. You know where I find that? In, in verse 53. So this is after the Philistines have noticed that their 9'9 champion has lost a significant amount of weight. All right. Somebody like what? And now the Philistines are terrified. So they run. They scatter. The Israelites, they attack them. They kill them. The enemy has been defeated. I said the enemy has been defeated. Now take a look at what happened. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, what did they do? They plundered their camp. What does that mean? Okay? They chased off the enemy, they killed the enemy, and then they went back to their camp. It's like, woo, look at this. Cake. And they all got cake. And, and that's the message Bible. There, there were riches there, everything that they owned. There were weapons there. Everything that used to belong to the enemy now belonged to them. They were blessed after, oh, don't miss this, They were blessed after they defeated the enemy. See, look at this. When you get serious with God and serious with your giants, then the Lord will seriously bless you. Read that again. Hear this again. When you get serious with your God, and you get serious about your giants, then God will seriously bless you. Here's what I know. And I can attest to this from my own journey with Jesus. Is that when I do things God's way, God blesses me for that. It's the way he is. The Israelites went from being scared to death that they were going to be defeated to not only victory, but then the blessing. And maybe that's where you're at right now. You have been going through life and you've been full of anxiety. 
You've been full of a lot of pain. You've been full of a lot of bad decisions and the consequences of those decisions. But now the Lord wants to give you victory if you do things his way. But it doesn't stop there. The Lord will also follow that with his blessing. I'm not saying you're going to get rich. I'm not saying that you're going to stumble upon some brand new car in your driveway. But what I am saying is that the Lord is going to bless you his way when you decide to do things his way. Man, that's good for somebody here. Please understand that anything... Oh, this has been a theme in my ministry since I can remember. Anything you give up for the Lord, He will replace that with something better. That's what He does. I don't know. I... I, I, I I don't know if I can get away from, from this relationship. Uh, try it. This relationship that's been so damaging to you, watch what happens when you fully invest in a relationship with God. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to be... Your source of happiness and your source of provision and your source of satisfaction and your source of fulfillment is, has been Jesus all along. And actually what you are getting rid of is what's been taking his place. It's a giant. Cut the head off that thing and realize the blessing. Realize the reward that comes from doing that. Thirdly, are you hearing me today? Are we good? Are we good? Number three. <laughs> Number three. This is the part of the story where I start, started to laugh when I was just because I'm trying to get a word picture. But there was what I call a revealing. There was a revealing. What am I talking about? Look at verse 54. Okay? David took the Philistine's head. He still has the head. Okay? David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem and he put the Philistine's weapon in his own tent. Later we find out that David is actually talking to King Saul while he's holding the head. Trick or treat. Wow. Talk about, talk about revealing something. Some of you might think this is disgusting. And I would agree with you. But understand this, okay? I want you to hear this. There was no denying this fact that when the people saw David holding the head of Goliath, there was no doubt that he had defeated the enemy. Is that water for me? Thank you. Big hand for my young son. Yeah, thank you, son. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, he's really shy. Um, so again, keep this thought because I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it real here. Okay. When people saw David walking around with the <laughs> with the giant's head in his hands, okay, hey. 
could see him waving while he's holding the hair. Hey, how you doing? It's like, good. But when the people saw him walking around holding that head, there was no doubt when they saw him that David had defeated that enemy. Now, now, here's where it applies. When people see us, there should be no doubt when they see us that we've defeated the enemy. Oh, see, this is huge. This is huge. Had he left the head in the middle of the valley, who knows, maybe someone would have picked it up and said, hey, look what I found. Did you do that? Yeah. But David is the one that cut the head off that thing. And so David was the one that was proclaiming to everybody by merely holding that head in his hands that he was the one who got the victory. When people see you, is it obvious to them that Jesus has helped you defeat your enemy? Child of God, do you know what that's called? A testimony. I said, that's called a testimony. And there are few things more powerful than your testimony. That's why you should guard it. That's why you should protect it. That's why you should share it. Because there are few things that are more powerful in this world than the testimony of a child of God who has defeated the enemy. They once were lost, but now they are found. They were once addicted, but now they are free. They were once full of fear and anxiety, but now they have peace and hope. They were once a jerk, but now they are wonderful. Do you hear what I'm saying? The, 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 the before and the after. Before nine foot nine. War machine. After, trophy. Look what God has done. Do people know your testimony? Do they know what God's done? Well, they know I go to church. Oh, okay, please don't stop there. Because there's a lot of people that go to church that have never defeated the enemy in their lives. Is it obvious to the people that are around you that God has done something in you and has given you a victory? That's the revealing in this thing. That's what I love about David. He's walking around, and it's like, I just want you to know that this enemy that you were afraid of, he's defeated now. I want you to know that maybe some of you thought that I could never defeat this enemy, but guess what? This little shepherd boy, with the help of my God and a sling and a stone, we took care of business. You might have thought that I would never get past this addiction that I was facing. You might have thought that I would be forever uh, trapped in toxic relationships. You might have thought that the rest of my life I'd be making bad choices, but look what the Lord has done. God has given me a testimony, and I want you to know that if he did it in my life, he could do it in yours as well. We have a testimony. The book of Revelation, talking about our victory over the enemy, says they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I'm not, I'm not asking you to preach a four-point sermon tomorrow. But could it be obvious to the people that you see at work and the people that you see at school and the people that you sit around the table with this, this Thursday that God's done something in you? I know how you once were, but you're different now. That's a testimony. 
finally today. And I, I almost forgot this part. I almost left out this part. But it hit me as I was finishing this thing up. So I got to share it with you. Got to share it with you. There was a recognition that David received from all of this. See, I was going to I was going to end with David holding the giant's head and say, awesome story. But don't lose how this story ends. Take a look. Starting in verse 55. You ready? It says this, As Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is that young man? And Abner replied, As surely as you live, your majesty, I don't know. And the king said, uh, the king said, find out whose son this young man is. And as soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, with David still holding the Philistine's head. Whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him, and David said, I'm the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. Don't miss this. Please don't miss this. What David did got the attention of the king. Who's got it so far? You see, when you defeat your giant, you have the full attention of King Jesus. He notices. (laughs) And he knows who you are. He's redeemed you. He has called you by name. You are his, the scripture says. And so when we defeat those giants that have been pestering us for so long, let's remember this giant was terrorizing the Israelites for 40 days. And every day their fear grew more and more and more and more. But when that giant Goliath was defeated, King Saul took notice. I will tell you, when you defeat the giant of bad choices and the giant of sin and the giant of toxic relationships, and the giant of harmful habits. When you defeat that giant and you cut off his head, I promise you, King Jesus, he takes notice. He takes notice. And if you think that Jesus doesn't care, oh, he does. If you think that God is unaware of what's going on, he knows. And there's nobody cheering for you more than the Lord. Ralph, if you can help me, that'd be great. So this morning, I just, I wondered today, are you facing one of these giants? And here's the thing. Maybe you've tripped him up a few times. Maybe you've escaped around him. Maybe you've hidden from him for a while. And so that kind of feels like a victory to you. And in one sense, yeah, you're still alive. But true victory doesn't come until you cut his head off. 
So whatever that giant is that's keeping you from experiencing everything that God has for you, whatever that giant may be, the Lord wants to empower you today to cut his head off. And I, and I will tell you, listen to me. Do you think, you think that didn't take courage for a, a shepherd boy to go against a war machine with nothing but a sling and a stone? That's, that's gutsy. That takes courage. And so I'm going to tell you, if you want to take on your giant, you're going to have to be courageous about this thing. You're going to have to go through. Defeating giants is not always easy. But the battle, remember what David said? The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Would you stand with me? The battle's the Lord's. Whatever giant you're facing, those of you online, whatever giant you're facing, you're not here to win this battle by yourself. The battle belongs to the Lord. Why are we in a church? Why are we with other believers? Because we walk through this together. David was alone on the battlefield except for his God. But the beauty of this dynamic here is that we're here for each other. We pray for each other. We encourage one another. When we trip and fall, we pick one another up. When we sling the stone and we miss, we encourage them to try again. We need each other. But the Lord is here for you, friend. Whatever giant that is, today's the day to cut the head off that thing. So would you bow your heads with me? And before I pray, no one's looking around. Before I pray, could I ask, I'm going to ask this very honest question. And I promise my intent it will not be, and nor will I try to embarrass you. But you'll say, Pastor, there's a giant that I'm facing right now. And it seems like this giant has only grown since I first met it. But I need the Lord's help to defeat this giant permanently. I need to cut off his head. I need to quit worrying about the opinions of other people. I need to quit giving in to this temptation. I need to quit making these bad choices. And I need to do it God's way now. You're hearing you'll say, that's a giant. there's some giants in my life I need, to, I need to defeat. If that's you, could you just slip your hand up and put it right back down? I want to pray for you. Many hands are going up. Many hands are going up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And I'm going to open up this altar to those of us who may want to find a place to pray. And, and just pour your heart out to God. Ask him to help you defeat whatever, and call that giant out by name. Call that thing out by name and say, God, I need your help with addiction. I need your help with my temper. I need your help with these terrible choices. I need your help with this mindset that I've had for years. God, I need your, I need your help with this. And let God 
start the battle because the battle belongs to the Lord. So when I say amen, I want to encourage you to find a place to pray. I encourage you to pray here at the altar. Maybe you're more comfortable praying at your seat, but we're going to make this room a place of prayer. And if God's finished with you and you're finished with God today, then you can consider yourself dismissed. But I know, I believe there are a number of people, not just based on the many hands that I saw, but maybe there are some others. You've been wrestling with a giant. It's time to do things God's way. So Father, I pray now that you would meet with your people that are facing some giants. They are keeping us from experiencing what you want for us. So God, we might need to make some changes. And so Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage like you gave David to make the changes we need to make. And God, if we have to give something up, God, if we have to surrender something to you, show yourself faithful by replacing that with something even better. So Lord God, meet with every shepherd that's taken on a giant in here. And may we watch as the battle belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray this. And everybody said amen. If you need to pray, stick around. Do so. Maybe you want to come forward and pray. 